It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So hello and welcome back to Rock and Roll. As always with me, she's taken a massive fall in my eyes this week by following up a Carly Rae Jepsen gig by talking about the 1975 on t- on Twitter. Patricia, I'll allow Kian Ely, I'll allow Ben Ely love, I'll, I'll, Matt Ely can fuck right off, not on my podcast, right? I have no interest in the 1975. I see you talking about 1975 tickets on Twitter this week. Don't you be lying to no, me. No, my friend is going to see the 1975. I'm not going with her. I have no interest. Okay, okay. You've won, you've won me back around. I'll, I'll leave oh, you there's, You'll have to believe that for slander. Never mind the slander <laughs> the other week. That's much worse. Yeah, but it's going to take real uh, balls to sue your own podcast. <laughs> I just wanted an opportunity to use that photo of, jo- of John Hardnett looking confused. <laughs> I thought every, every opportunity is an opportunity to use our photo to you Exactly uh, And then our guests for this week And that's why guests plural um, In times of mental health has been thrust into the limelight around rugby What better guests to have booked from Rugby Talks we got Meg and Tom, how are you doing both? Yeah, I'm good, thank you, how are you? Yeah, not too bad, and you Meg? Yeah, I'm really good, thank you, how are you? Yeah, not too bad Um I, I I don't know. I I was in two minds where to tell the story, but I'm gonna tell the story, and then worse come to worse, we'll fucking edit it out later. So <laughs> I woke up this week to him being really pissed off at me, and then I couldn't work out why. And then later on in the day, she told me that she was really angry with me because she had had um a sex dream, uh with 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 multiple other people in there. And I ruined the sex dream in the dream by asking the people who were there what they wanted to order from HelloFresh. And she's taken, <laughs> she's taken great umbrage at me for that. So it took a few hours to win a background. <laughs> but I, I was just being a good host, clearly. Uh, like as a sex bar, I think what, what, what you want to eat afterwards is, is obviously important, but she wasn't impressed. Anyway. I'm, surprised, I'm surprised you didn't ask what their favourite biscuits were. Oh, do you know what? That's why it wasn't a realistic dream because I would have come in with a selection of biscuits and asked them which one they wanted. 
<laughs> she was very not happy with me at the time. She's 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 forgiven me. Dream me was good. Fine. Um, shall we move on to some rugby news and away from that? Not much rugby news as such. Obviously, there is one big piece of rugby news, but we're not going to touch that yet because I get a feeling that's going to take a while. There's not much rugby news because rugby might not exist in Wales by the time we finish <laughs> recording. We will come to that, believe me. But for now, shall we say, I've got two pieces of non-Wales is falling apart again news. First of all, well, maybe it's not not part of it because Javan Sebastian is going to Edinburgh. He has broken my heart for the final time. He is officially Scottish forever now. I don't even know where we go with this news. Like, it's not a shock. It's not a surprise, really. It, it was obviously going to happen. But I, Patricia, you are. I, I know how you felt when Ben Ely left. Yeah, I think you just wanted your moment. And I feel like I have to give it to you, even though I'm not really that interested. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, like let it go he's he's not welsh and he's he's never going to be i mean look do you know for a long time i didn't realize that he was welsh because he's called javan sebastian <laughs> he, he looks like he's an argentinian prop he plays like he's an argentinian prop i've only just accepted that he was welsh and now he's fucking not again these things happen i think it's it's <laughs> like I think it's one of those that we're just going to see a lot coming out of the regions because if you could go and play somewhere else, really, why wouldn't you? Well, I've got no idea what you're talking about. I'm sure you'll cover that later <laughs> on. Um, and then the news for you, the good news that you are interested in, RG Snyman. Yes. He's back. He Well, yeah, he is. Although the game is against the Scarlets, so who knows if he's back. <laughs> He finally comes back and then there's no fucking team for him to play against. Well, this this may be why. Maybe this is why we're we're striking. Maybe the Scarsman said, fuck that, I'm not I'm not playing that guy. Have you seen that guy? He's an but actual yes, giant. For the first time in close to two years, there was no mention of him on the squad update because he's not in the rehab list and there's no special update to give us on he's running three centimetres further than he did two weeks ago. He's just training. He's just a normal member of the squad, the same as everyone else. And if a game happens next weekend, he may well play in it. Who knows? But you Very were, exciting. You were quite angry at me after we finished recording last week because I forgot to ask you for an RG Snyman update. So yeah, are we happy true. that we have officially done the RG Snyman update for this week? I just think our listeners should get the same updates that Monster Rugby give to everyone. And I feel like everyone's not reading the Monster Squad updates every week. So it feels like my civic duty to bring them to people's attention. And the Scarlets need to be prepared that RG Simon's going to come on, you know, 65 minutes into that game. And I I just think that people, I just think people need to know these things. If you like, I will send you our subscription list and you can forward the Monster email on to everyone who listens to yeah, the podcast. Let's do that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'll, do an, I'll do a newsletter. <laughs> I'll need someone to do the newsletter because I keep forgetting. So that'll be fucking great. If you can pick that up, I'm more than happy. Even if it sometimes, is open. sometimes I get emails saying that we've released an episode and I'm like, yeah, I know I was there. <laughs> well, I need I need to boost those numbers. I need to, need to make it look more impressive for my own ego. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's getting emails. I get the email and I send the fucking email. Okay, so <laughs> don't feel special. Um 
I don't think there's any other news unless any of you have any other news other than the obvious news that we're pretending isn't happening at the moment and then we'll <laughs> um we'll do a quick look then at la I, I keep saying this and you've already warned me because I say we're gonna do a quick look at last week's last weekend's games mm-hmm. and Patricia getting you to quickly look at Munster Osprey <laughs> is gonna be fucking impossible. No, take a little look at last weekend's games. I'll keep it brief, I promise. Bullshit. Right. So (laughs) (laughs) you were obviously there, Munster Ospreys. I was. Do you want to give me the highlight of the game? Well, well, the listeners are going to want to know that I gave Reese Henry a little high five after the match. You know, (laughs) I was going to I was going to ask him for a photo, but uh, the Ospreys were on the wrong side of a 58-3 scoreline and they weren't really in the mood to look up at all the Munster fans screaming down at them from the tunnel after the match for some reason. Um, but like, I felt really, I actually felt bad for them by like half time. I was like, maybe they could just stop the game now because you could see that they, the Ospreys players didn't, not that they didn't want to be there, but it's like, you saw it with the Dragons as well. It's like, if they are very aware that if they make a bad tackle and get an injury, there there mightn't be a contract there for them kind of thing and it's it was kind of sad after a while as much as I was like yeah Munster playing some great attacking rugby and I think even with the caveat of the opposition they were playing some really good stuff and they were scoring some lovely tries but at the same time you sort of know why um so it was a it was a shame to see a game like that in, in that regard but then the other side of it is obviously I had a great time because I was in Thoman Park and Malachi Fekatoa finally decided that he was going to play really well and all of that stuff. Fekatoa has decided that he's going to be Fekatoa again now that he's leaving. Yeah, I think it was probably like a weight off his mind thing. Getting that sort of, the speculation had stopped because they've announced that he's moving on. Um, And I don't think that it's right to say that it didn't work out because he's very clearly able to perform. He did it on Friday night. It's I think it's just more that it the move obviously just didn't suit him. And it was just one of those things that didn't come to pass the way that we all hoped it would. And that's obviously a shame, but it was really lovely to see that he could still turn those performances out. And hopefully he'll do that more this season. Like he scored, that was his first monster try. And it was probably the loudest cheer of the night when he scored. Um, And it was, it was lovely to see stuff like that. And, and it was lovely to watch Munster play like that, even though it just felt really bad for the opposition. Well, you could have obviously made Reese Henry feel better because you had plans to deliver the Valentine's card that, that I forget you made. <laughs> but as far as I'm aware, it did not received by, by Reese Henry. It, it it didn't feel appropriate, I'll be honest. They were doing a little <laughs> huddle after the match talking about how that might be the Ospreys' last ever game. And I just thought that, you know, maybe now is not the time. Um, he was on his way back into the changing room to listen to whatever the sad Elvis songs are. Yeah, and I'd... I just thought I'd leave him off with that. I just like they if they'd shown a video from inside the Osprey's dressing room and it's just him doing an acoustic version of Are You Lonesome Tonight? Just <laughs> the darkness. <laughs> but yeah, I mean it was it was a great time and it like it's always I'm always gonna say that after I've been there. I'm never gonna come out of Thoman Park and not be happy to have been there. But I thought Monster did some lovely stuff. I thought that the Ospreys did what they could do. I don't think anyone expected anything of the regions this week. I think that's understandable given 
the news that it that we haven't spoken about yet um <laughs> but yeah like it was it was it was good it was great for monsters points difference and stuff like that like in that regard in a league sense it was brilliant I love this massive elephant now in the room. And I so long we cannot mention it for. It's fucking great. Um, would you say that? But two of the regions massively did turn up, much to my delight, because I mean Blues beat Benetton with a dodgy late try to seal the bonus point. Who who are the blues? You know they are. <laughs> Don't do this to me. You know I'm going yeah, to keep blue, doing it by accident. don't exist anymore, do they? <laughs> well, look, if we're going to base it on that, then we're not going to be able to talk about any regions <laughs> in the very near future, quite possibly. But, okay, Cardiff won their game <laughs> with a dodgy last-minute bonus point try, but a, a decent enough performance. Scarlet's have suddenly clicked into gear and it's working for them. There's a really interesting little subplot going on because while nobody cares about the Welsh Shield because it's a stupid non-title, there is the interest of qualifying for the Champions Cup. And now there's sort of two points between the Scarlets and the Ospreys and then the Not Blues are five points clear of them. So suddenly with this, this running, it's got interest, especially when you've got Judgment Day mm-hmm. coming up, which could change the face of everything. There's a really exciting way. Everything else seems to have fallen sort of into position. You can kind of see who's who's going to finish way and who's going to get into Europe. And this is a really interesting one now. Yeah, there's like a really congested sort of middle part of the table because even the ones just above that, you have like that Munster and Glasgow section, but Glasgow have the game in hand. Yeah. But obviously Munster still have to play Glasgow so they, they can take points off them. Ospreys are, like you say, just just there with the Scarlets, but their points difference took a massive hit at the weekend. So it, it's, I think it is going to be an interesting run and you have like Munster still have to go to South Africa as well. So you have like Leinster and then there's sort of four groups, I guess, of teams where you don't really know where anyone's going to finish yet. And with only four games left, regular games, I think that's really interesting. Like it's, it's good for the league to have a table like that that could still change so much between now and the end of the season. And so, even though all four Welsh regions are absolutely shit, <laughs> there is still so much left to play for because they're all shit. If one <laughs> of them had been good, there would be no interest. There would be nothing <laughs> left to play for. But suddenly, there's a Champions Cup place for, at stake. Welsh rugby, by being shit, is now exciting. So Monster this... Monster might end up with a home quarter final in the URC and they lost to two of the Welsh regions this season. This is unbelievable. I forgot about that. <laughs> they lost to the Dragons. They lost the, I was just gonna say, not only did they lose the two regions, they lost to the fucking dragons. They did. Um look. Those Should were the... Graham Rangtree not have been sacked after that? <laughs> and they lost to the dragons who didn't even have a coach because that was the week that Dean Ryan fucked up. <laughs> The week that Dean Ryan went the first time, because technically he's left twice this year. I mean, it was he the left week that Dean the... Ryan stopped showing up for work then, because the week he left was like <laughs> January or something. So the day they deactivated his card for the door. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think the URC is is shaping up to be a really interesting league come the last few weeks of the season, especially when you factor in teams who still have European games to play and, you know, like Munster are going down to South Africa for their round of 16 game in Europe. So you don't know how that's going to affect their URC run in. 
um, South African teams having to do European knockouts for the first time. Um, obviously, they benefited massively last season from that end of season block where they didn't have to leave South Africa. So yeah. they won't have that in the same way this season. So yeah, I think there's still loads up in the air. We don't know if the URC is going to finish the season with the same number of teams it started it with. Like who 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 actually knows at this point? So it's going to be a really interesting. Before. It's going to be a really interesting running, I think. Mad rugby, it's <laughs> rugby chaos. I say Rob Holy to a lot to answer for. Um... <laughs> I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So we'll move. That, that was quite quick. I'm, I'm mildly impressed. I can do 25 minutes on John Hodnett if you want me to. I'm absolutely not. Um... <laughs> So we'll move on to our guests because they are here doing important work. So both on to, to Rugby Talks. First of all, can you explain to us sort of what Rugby Talks is and what Rugby Talks does? Yeah, so um, Rugby Talks um, <clears throat> initially was a, let's say, a brand set up by Meg, which was um, mainly Twitter-based to raise money for young minds. Um and Meg's raised how many thousands of pounds is it you've raised so far, Meg? Um, I think just over twelve now. Amazing. And that's yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, and then I sort of jumped on the bandwagon, sort of September twenty one, thinking, oh, I'll have a bit of that. This look, this looks quite <laughs> successful. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, being a Bath fan, I don't get much success, so I <laughs> jumped on the bandwagon um, and we created a Facebook group where people can just vent, um, get things off their chest. They can talk about rugby if they wish. They can talk about their mental health if they wish. Um, and yeah, we've used it to raise money as well. So in Easter last year, Easter Sunday last year, we walked from Ashton Gate, the home of the Bristol Bears, um, to the wreck in Bath. Um, and we raised uh, nearly 1300 quid for Young Minds. So um, that's one of the fundraisers we've done. So, yeah, it's, it's been a re- really good journey so far. Um, but it's, we, we just aim to help and reach as many people as we can, basically, and just give them somewhere where they can vent and get things off their chest and talk to the uh, wider rugby community who are going through the same problems. Amazing. Uh, Meg, you seem to have been doing the mental health stuff and the fundraising for just about as long as I can remember on Twitter. It's sort of as as long as I seem to have been on Twitter, you seem to have been doing it. It's a big personal thing for you? Yeah, definitely. I think kind of from, I think I was about sort of 14-ish kind of when I started to really suffer with sort of my anxiety personally. Um, My mum had, had been quite poorly before that. Um, when I was younger, um, suffered really badly with panic attacks and anxiety. And and I was kind of not, I guess I was kind of hidden from it really, because how do you sort of explain to to any child really um, 
mom feels really depressed mom feels really anxious mom can't go to work um and then I started to really suffer when I was about 14 um I stopped going to school um I was moved to sort of a um a different school a, a much smaller environment um and I just felt very isolated um I felt very where where do I go who who do I talk about like what what do I even say where do I even start um how do I say to my friends I feel really anxious today what does that even mean um and I unfortunately I I sort of distanced myself from a friendship group and and I just really didn't know where to go um and so I found that Twitter for me I was able to kind of say how I felt but in a more protective kind of way it was easier for me to write something rather than say it out loud um and then I kind of found that the more I said it the more people that would either even people that I knew would message me and say I feel like that and I was like I never knew like I I wouldn't I would never have known and it's from that sharing and talking and I know it gets said all the time you know you need to talk and you need to talk but I, I can't emphasize enough how good it is for you and how many people have and I know Thomas as well have come to us and said I feel like that I get really tingly fingers when I'm anxious I feel really sick and it's from sharing all those things that you go okay, I'm, I'm not going crazy because when I was really poorly, I genuinely thought I'm going crazy. Like I, I really, really am. I'm, And it, from sharing all of those things, there were so many people that I've known for years that were like, oh, I suffer with anxiety, I suffer with depression that I, I'd never known. Um, So yeah, I've kind of waffled there, but that, that was a big wow. driver of... Um, well a really similar experience because I, I've said this on the podcast before. I genuinely think yeah. like Twitter saved my life because I was at such yeah. a low point with depression and it's only by seeing other people talking about it and having the conversation. And then um, I, Tom James sort of coming out and talking about his depression and then starting a conversation with, with Phil Steele around the way that he felt. And then obviously he brought the book out and literally the number of people like Twitter can be an absolute shit show. Let's not pretend like yeah. this it's this shining yeah. beacon of hope because it's not <laughs> genuinely that if you find the right people and you know who you can talk to and who you can sort of move away from, like Twitter, I genuinely believe saved my life. And to see you doing what you do and helping people in that way and being quite open with the, the things you talk about and then tying into rugby. And I, I talked about that before as well, because obviously it's such a, an environment of toxic masculinity generally around rugby, that there's another barrier that helps to break down. So when players are talking about it, and we will come on to it, but we've seen Welsh players talk about it again this week and sort of the way that, that they're struggling with things. I do think it helps so much. So I, I over the years, I, the, it's not just raising the money you've done, but raising awareness. And I think you've helped more people than you ever realise as well, because it, you were part of sort of, me get into it because you were you sort of brought people together on social media and when you do feel alone it's not easy to, to go out and have that conversation in a rugby club or watching a game or even in a work environment but when it's on Twitter it is so much easier to have those conversations the work you've done has been absolutely fantastic thank you um 
what what's uh, what's next for you guys? Is there anything anything on the horizon at the moment? Funny you should say. Oh, sorry, Tom. No, no, you crack on, Meg. No, you crack on, Meg. No, I. It's funny you should say that. We, I think, yes, we've got things coming up. Um, but I think it's probably a good time to sort of. Me and Tom um had a conversation earlier where we're kind of. One of our main messages in the group is that um, although me and Tom are kind of co-fans, I guess, if you want to call us that, we always preach that our mental health has also got to come first. Um, so, you know, Tom at the moment is, you know, dealing with some personal things. Um, and although it's still a big part of the family, is kind of stay, taking a little bit of a step back. Um, and we've kind of, we say to people that we have to practice what we preach. We wouldn't be doing, we would be doing you all a disservice if, if you know, we we were really pushing through and just ignoring our own mental health. Um, so that's kind of one thing. And I guess um, we just generally on the whole are just trying to sort of grow the Facebook group and sort of grow the social media, but more in the sense of kind of, just it reaching more people and just reaching out to clubs and saying, look, we're not a big flashy brand. We don't have thousands of followers and we, we don't have all that. But what we do have is a really good core group of people that if yeah. you're really struggling on a on a human and just on a personal level, there is somewhere for you to go. If If you can't talk to your friends, if you can't speak to the doctor and you need to just vent anything then there's a place there is somewhere for you to go and that's kind of our I would say our, our main goal really Tom might <laughs> no you think you've hit the nail on the head uh amazing so just for people out there who may be interested in and who is listening where can they find you then where can they find you guys Meg Stop. Oh, okay. So, um, there's a lot for people who say are listening. There's a lot of finger pointing going on and noise. <laughs> um, so for Facebook, all people need to do is just search uh, Rugby Talks. It is a private group, so all you need to do just search, just click to join, and then um, one of the admin will just accept you into the group. Um, our Twitter. I've written this all down because I knew I was going to forget. Um, <laughs> our Twitter is uh, Rugby Talks One. That's all um open, and then our Instagram is underscore Rugby Talks. And again, that's all open for people to follow. Amazing. We'll get those shared out as well in the the podcast episode. <laughs> well, what will will happen almost guaranteed is I will put out the podcast episode. Forget to put all the links on there, then go and edit and re-add that. <laughs> So if you're listening to this and you're thinking you haven't put the links on here, you're laying a little shit, just message me and that'll happen. <laughs> um, so we did talk about it. We've kind of touched around it and now seems a perfect time. So we've had Welsh players this week talk about their own mental health because the game in Wales is is gone to shit. So are we ready to finally broach the elephant in the room and talk about... I mean, I don't know where we start this, but are we ready to talk about Welsh rugby this week? Yeah, are we going to do it. a yeah. Six Nations preview then? Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know where Welsh <laughs> rugby going down the toilet starts, ends, Six Nations starts, where the URC ties into this. 
I, yeah, we're doing a preview, uh, but we're also doing news and kind but of. I think what I what I said and... to you earlier on was that <laughs> if this game goes ahead, England are going to win, and if the game doesn't go ahead, England will get given the points. So it doesn't really matter. The game well, is think... irrelevant at this point. This is where the U R. Uh, this is where the W R U can box clever, isn't it? Because if they think they're going to lose by more than twenty eight points, leave them. It's strength. a win. <laughs> You're better off, kids. <laughs> I tell you what. In in all honesty, you know, it's Wales, England, and Cardiff. Um, there's all this controversy with the WRU at the moment. It would be typical Wales to go to go there and turn us it over. Would. Um, so I'm as much as I want to see a game of rugby, I'm kind of hoping that your boys <laughs> go on strike. To be honest, because um, I've been saying for the last two weeks, I can't see us winning in Cardiff. <laughs> I, well. Patricia's already played this card with Ireland. And, yeah. um, I'm going to say it didn't work out well for you, but it kind of did work out well for you because Ireland obviously did win. It um, didn't work out well if we're keeping score on predictions. We are keeping score on predictions, and I'm 6 4. Fuck's sake. But... <laughs> um, yeah, so we've now learned this week as well there's not going to just be a strike, there's going to be two strikes, mm-hmm. which, you know, Tommy Bowie yourself, like, dude, you, you know <laughs> what works. We've already got seemingly confirmation that Wales are now dropping the 60 cap rule down to 25 caps. Yeah. I mean, first of all, been if you're playing outside of Wales, you don't play for Wales. Or actually, we'll give, we'll give you two wild cards. Then they give three wild cards. Then they went, okay, if you've got 60 caps... And I was like, oh, right, 25 cards. This is like the, I was going to say the worst negotiation, but obviously the worst negotiation is everything else that's fucking going on. <laughs> but does this rule now need to exist? Is there any point in this rule? I think it depends on what way you look at it, really, because I think that the WRU seem to be approaching this in a way that says the regions can choke, basically. They don't give a shit about the regions as long as they have Wales. And I think that the rule was kind of outdated as soon as it came in almost. Yeah. But at the same time, I think the way that they're going about dropping it and dropping it to 25 caps and doing it now is, is to serve themselves as opposed to the players. And I think that with the rule gone, and rightly so, players are just going to flee Wales in their droves there will be no player who will stay in Wales if they can help it because you end up in a situation where I think we're past that point now where of course these guys want to play for Wales there's no there's no rugby player in Wales at the moment who doesn't want to play for Wales but none of them want seemingly want to play in Wales anymore and you can't blame them for that because they're just they're being screwed over at every turn and I think that we've reached a point now where I don't see any way that this gets resolved in a sort of positive and satisfactory way by, I don't know, four o'clock tomorrow, whatever their deadline time is. Um, I don't know. I When I saw the, the, the 25 cap rule thing, I was like, okay, I mean, I, I guess that that's good for some people like who's that good for? Oh, yeah, I don't see who it works for. It doesn't particularly work for the WRU because, like, what does it mean they get to keep? It doesn't really work for the regions. It means that the most expensive players 
who were over the 60 cap rule anyway are going to stay. So that that makes no difference in terms of budget. So you're kind of losing the players that you weren't that arsed in keeping, maybe? Like, maybe. I, 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 think I, I don't that... really know who, who this benefits. Like, what? I think they're just trying to put stuff out that people might sort of broadly read and say, oh, that's a positive thing because they've met in the middle, even though if they'd, why, why not make it the 30 calf rule if you're going to meet in the middle uh, between 60 and zero? I don't know why they settled on 25, but. I, I just don't understand why anything. I just don't, I, I'm at the point where like the 60 cap rule, I kind of swing wildly on anyway. I'll have a month where I think it's a brilliant idea and absolutely needs to be in place. And then I'll have a month where I think, well, what's the fucking point? What, what are we, we trying to keep? Like, Australia have, have kind of done all right without day. I know they've had a, a tough a tough couple of years, but they, they're doing all right. Scotland have worked superbly by going, well, actually, all our good expensive players, let's let them go let England let English clubs play for pay for them and we'll just keep picking our players who are here week in, week out, and we've got that consistency of having them for the league and for for Europe and we don't have to worry about chopping and changing back and forth. I know they've only got two teams and we've got four and that throws up an all new fucking thing that we'll come on to next. But like but the thing is though it, it sort of put the club game in South Africa on its knees and but it strengthened the spring box. And I think that's what it is. The WRU are are serving in the interest of Wales. They don't really care what happens with the regions at this point, it feels like. But do we genuinely believe that that's what put the club game in South Africa is not like we people complain about what this. They, that's what they cite as the thing that yeah. that was detrimental to the club game in South Africa because their players could go and play in France and Japan and they didn't have to stay in South Africa. And that's why they're they became uncompetitive below international level, but their international team got much stronger as a result of it. So it depend I, I think it depends what way you want to look at it. I d I don't I mean, the sort of elephant in the room question is, do we think this game is going to be played on Saturday? No. Yes or no? No. No. I don't think so. See, I, I think it will. I think if it doesn't, it'll just be moved to the next window anyway. <laughs> I think that I don't think they'll they'll write it off because they can't afford But I don't think the WRU can afford for it not to go ahead as much as it's going to cost them to go, okay, well, we'll give you the extra money. How much money is it going to cost them? To go, actually, what we'll do is refund all these tickets, including the VIP. We'll chuck out all... I mean, that's the point, though, isn't it? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm not saying... But I'm saying, like, the WRU, they, they're screwed. If if they let the strike go ahead, they're fucked, basically. I can't see any mm. way of financially they can deal with losing, and not just losing a game, but losing perhaps the biggest game in, in the calendar. But is that... And like hypothetically speaking, is that the worst thing in the world? Maybe the WRU is not meant to exist in the way that it exists now. Like maybe like not all things are meant to stick around forever. Like maybe it being brought to the ground and made to start again wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing. I don't like I don't know. Well, this is the other question. I, I, you add me at maybe the WRU doesn't need to exist. Like that was enough. <laughs> I was in. Um, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. But this is the thing that is such an unknown because if the WRU ceases to exist, if it, if it completely fucks up and it goes into it goes bankrupt, it doesn't exist anymore. I'm guessing then obviously there needs to be another union set up in its place. So how does that work? And how does it work with like the Welsh national team? Do they keep their place at the table? Do they stay in the Six Nations? Do they stay part of the the top tier of rugby? Surely they can't not be in the top tier of rugby. Would be are mad- Wales in the top tier of rugby? But <laughs> but surely Georgia would be better off in the Six Nations. <laughs> well, I mean, if there's one thing yeah, we learned, in there. if there's one thing we learned in the autumn is that that's hundred percent true now. Like, <laughs> but like, yeah, it's I think such that an unknown obviously... because we we don't they're know. Obviously... What happens then? They're all questions that we don't know how to answer, but we're not running the fucking WRU. So it's and I, like, the WRU is worse for it, I think. Personally. Why yeah, don't do they just job. honestly? I think that it would make sense for them to just um sort of tomorrow just put everything off for a year. Seems to be like just say that right that what we have now is going to carry on for another year. Everyone who's out of contract at the end of this season, gets a one-year contract if they want one and everything stays on the same terms and then they have time to actually do something that might actually be properly beneficial as opposed to just throwing something together because they want a game to go ahead this weekend. Because you end up in a situation where Nigel Walker is obviously running the WRU now. He's not a CEO and he sort of inherited this thing from your man the the dickhead what whatever his name was that left there a couple of weeks ago but he um he feel like that he's it's there there we go um it's not nigel like nigel walker's sort of trying to negotiate a situation that's been that was largely created by someone else so like give them a year to find a ceo who's going to be able to put something on the table that will work for everyone um give them a year but but at the same time, it doesn't seem like they're willing to do that. So if they're not going to budge and the players won't budge now, I think that they've made that quite clear. We end up in a in a position where they're not going to play. So it it it's crazy. It's such a, and you, you're hundred percent right. And I think the regions offered that they said, look, let's just have an interim period. Or certainly the I forgot what letters it is. All the letters um, offered the opportunity. All right, we'll just carry this on for another year and then. We've got a year mm-hmm. to negotiate a new deal, which makes exactly. sense. But they don't want to. It doesn't seem that they want to do that, even though it seems perfectly sensible to do that. I, mean, I think I, that I just think there's no coming back from where they are now. With the to go so immediately from the sexism and misogyny stuff to the entire game is now on its knees, and to have players talking about um, speaking the way that they've been speaking the last couple of weeks. Like, I don't think that there is a road back from that. It, it Like, it's gone beyond a point now where something drastic is going to have to happen. And whether that's, you know, burning it to the ground and starting again, whether that's not playing your biggest Six Nations game, the region's going on strike. I think the Dragons were the team that, because they're playing at home next next week, isn't it? So that they they might strike that game. And it's, these things sound sort of, Outrageous, but I think that we are at that point with them now. It, it, it's 
mind blowing as well because you can go on for so long about oh and this and there hasn't been a conclusion like if we were like yeah. there there hasn't been nothing has come of it and tomorrow is seemingly the the deadline day of either our demands are met or we don't take the pitch on on Saturday I think there sort of ends up being a, a safety issue element to it as well after a while like I I thought it watching the Ospreys on Friday night watching them in person that it, it must be impossible to sort of get yourself in the right mindset to play but I don't know because then sort of I said like Cardiff and, and the Scarlets turned up and won like difficult games I, I didn't think we'd beat Edinburgh because we always struggle against Edinburgh but put on an impressive performance. Mm. Cardiff playing Benetton, there were no walkovers anymore. Rainbow Cup champions Benetton. Like I just think like his name escapes me. What's the name of the um the guy who got injured for the dragons? Uh man alive. Anyway, he like if <laughs> I think if you asked well, like I thought you might know his name. If I do know if, his name, I just can't think of his name. If you had asked him sort of on Friday afternoon, do you want to play this game or not? like knowing what's going to happen these guys are not going to play these games anymore and there was the the in, the anonymous international player who said that you know he's a he's a sort of high cap wales international and there was a contract on the table for him and then he got injured and all of a sudden it went quiet dimitri arhip has said the same thing like i don't think that players are taking the pitch at this point in the frame of mind that they need to be in because they're having to think about these things and they're like, if I make this tackle and my leg goes the wrong way in this tackle, that might be sort of the end of my career in a way that's going to have a proper material impact on people's lives. Like if you have families and even if you don't have a family, like it's not for yourself as well. And I just think that I would be surprised if this game went ahead on Saturday. It may well get played next week. It may well get played another time, but I would be surprised to see Wales take to the field on Saturday, I think, at this point. Well, and again, we've already had players talk about being on antidepressants because they, they literally can't cope with the situation at the moment. So it, it's a crazy... It's the fact that it's been able to go this far without mm. any sort of... Not not even a conclusion, without any sort of movement. Was it Jack Dixon that got injured? That sounds right. Jack Dixon. We'll go for Jack Dixon. And if it's not him, I'll edit it later and I'll just see someone else. <laughs> um... So, if the game does go ahead, <laughs> I, I will say as well, Jack Willis came out today and said that Mo England players need to play abroad and it's the best thing for English rugby. Mm, it's the I agree. Don't take on that burden and it's good for the players to have that experience. And I agree with him and I think that there's Welsh and I'm glad, glad you said as well, Tom, that you agree. Like, I think Welsh rugby needs to follow that lead as well. And if Players who've gone abroad have only ever come back better like Gareth Thomas yeah. went abroad and come back better. Aaron yeah. Jarvis, we had on last week. He did Stephen mm-hmm. Jones. Like players have gone abroad, been better players, come back, it's been great. There's um, a line between more players playing abroad though and every player playing abroad. There has to be enough players left in Wales as well. But, re- but realistically, how many of them are going to get like at the moment? How many clubs are going to go? Oh, I tell you what, we really need is that Welsh international player because fuck them, this shit. Like <laughs> realistically, it used to be. <laughs> It was a race to grab players because Wales were playing well. And so French clubs and English clubs would throw money at players because they wanted them there. Who are they going to throw money at at the moment? Who's Who are they saying, well, this guy's obviously the guy to turn our season round? I can't think of many. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess you have the likes of Talupe and, and guys like that. And... He's got he's got 60 caps anyway. So Yeah. 
It's, it's, I would take fucking Joe Hawkins in a heartbeat. <laughs> if Wales, if Wales don't want him anymore, send him on down. Let's fucking Hoover up some centres. We love to have a non-Irish qualified centre. We did sign one this week, but we can sign more. It's fine. <laughs> rugby, in, rugby in Ireland is grand. Let's ignore the the rumours. Let's ignore the rumours that one of the provinces is, is about to go bust, even though the IRFU own all the provinces. We'll ignore that. Rugby in Ireland is grand. You've you've ruined enough centres' careers through the years, right? You've got is just about comes through the other side. You leave Welsh centres alone. Um, That's unfair. So, as I was gonna say. If the game does go ahead, how are we feeling about Wales, England? Obviously, Tom, Meg, you're both feeling rather pessimistic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Wales, England, and Cardiff—it never goes well for us. You know, we get if we put in a big performance, we'll get a result. But nine times out of ten, we get turned over, and I'll get spanked. To be fair, um, <laughs> I still, I still have nightmares about that thirty points to three uh, that all, all those years ago when we were going for the Grand Slam, but. Um, it just means more, doesn't it? You know, um, England, Wales, Wales, England. I the in the week leading up to it, I always get a bit twitchy. Then the the, the morning I wake up of that game, I get irritable and I'm snapping at the wife. And it it, it 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 just means more. But it's because nine times out of ten, when it's being played in Cardiff, it doesn't end up end well for us. So, but you know, Welsh rugby's in turmoil. Um, if it goes ahead, you know. We're probably in a slightly better form, but we've been absolutely shite since the World Cup, so I don't want to count my chickens. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I just like us to put in a de- if it goes ahead to put in a decent performance because we haven't for two, three, four years, however long it is. So um, we're still in Eddie Jones hangover, I think. Well, I'm old enough to remember when the only way we could beat you was at Wembley, so... This, uh, yeah, no, I'm, yeah, that's still not quite out of our phase yet. I think I would go as far as, so far as to say it's inexcusable if England don't win this game. If this game is played <laughs> and England don't win it, I like I honestly just stack the fourth. Like, there's there's no point anymore. Just pull out of the World Cup. Like just don't don't even do it anymore. There's really no point because this Wales team are and like I I had to say it in front of a former Welsh international last week, this Wales team are dog shit. They're so bad. Like They just, and they, they haven't even been able to train properly because they don't know if they're going to have jobs or not. Yeah. Like Warren Gatland is, is, is publicly being a scab against them and saying that I don't think that they should strike and all this. And England are, England haven't been great either, but like they should still be able to beat this Wales team under these conditions, I think. I, that's another um, thing that's come out of these past few months is that Warren Gatlin has really come out as seeming there's quite a, unlikely. There's a bit of a, yeah, there's a bit of a pissing on his own legend thing going on since Warren Gatlin 2, 2.0 started, isn't there? Yeah, well, I think like he could have come on and we've been this shit on the pitch and people still would have just blamed Pivak. But I think that <laughs> when you come out against misogyny claims and say, ah, oh, there's two sides to every story, and then... You're when you two when you strike. two sides, yeah, when you two sides institutional sexism and misogyny <laughs> and then say that you don't think your players should strike for fair working conditions because it would inconvenience your job, you're kind of <laughs> uh, not, maybe, maybe uh, someone just put him on mute. Someone tell him to shut up. I, I, I saw tell- a quote from him earlier. Well, I, pre- I, pre- I whether it was a direct quote or not, but he turned around and said, I wouldn't have come back if I knew what was going on with yeah. the players' contract. And you're like you're going to get yourself sacked in a minute, mate. Well, you, 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 it's going to be stuck between the WRU and the players in a bit of limbo. So he, I, he needs to keep his mouth shut because he's not going to come out well in this, I don't think. He's like, it's fine. They've paid me. 
Yeah. <laughs> they and they'll have to give him a hell of a payoff as well if they're going to get rid like, of what, him. So. What, are, what are these players getting so annoyed about? I've got my money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm really glad that choir cancelled on us when we were going to do that fucking Warren Gatlin song at Christmas. Oh my god. <laughs> I forgot about that. I'm glad that's not out there in the ether somewhere. <laughs> when we named his comeback episode Return of the King, so we had to do some, <laughs> some retrospective editing. So a bit of fucking backpedaling going on you. Um, <laughs> I, as you've already said, like the training's been cancelled for Wales on Tuesday. For England, George Ford is back, back in Let's the training go. team. Mm. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, no, 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 that, that's good. I like that. What's, He's what's a the... poor man's Reese Priestland, George Ford. Oh, <laughs> that did not come from me. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I think. I mean, listen, I'm, I'm a, I'm a Quinn supporter, so I suppose I am a little bit biased in the sense that I think Marcus Smith should be, you know possibly playing in that position. No. Um, listen, I do like George Ford. I think he's a good player. I think he offers something different to Smith and Farrell. I think he's quite a, I guess, what I would class as a steady player. Um, yeah. But I think it's an interesting an interesting call-up from Steve. Because um, he's not played yeah. a lot of rugby, is he? He hasn't no. played since the, since the Prem final, really. No. No. Yeah. Um, I think the interview he did this week where he was talking about how, you know, he's never felt fresher and that he wants to wear that 10 jersey for England. I think with Steve Borthwick being such a young coach and George Ford being a player that he knows so well from Leicester, I wasn't necessarily surprised with the call up. I'd be mm -hmm. surprised if he, well, I would be very, well, I'd be surprised if anyone played this game, but I'd be surprised (laughs) if, if he started this game. I think that before the end of the tournament, we will see him play with Farrell, whether that's they start together or one or well, or Ford comes off the bench at some point. Smith has been playing really well. Um, I don't think that George Ford necessarily gets that jersey back straight away, but I wouldn't bet against him having it back by the end of the tournament. And I think that it's a really interesting because we haven't seen an England coach because Eddie Jones didn't like George Ford for whatever reason. So we haven't seen an England coach have Ford, Smith and Farrell all available to him. And so we don't really know whether they're going to go with two of them or one of them or, you know, have all three of them in the 23. And and we we don't really know how the three of them are going to be used together. So I think it's really interesting. And if England were playing anyone else this week, you know, you might look forward to seeing them play some rugby at the weekend. But <laughs> they are playing Wales. So... Who knows? George Ford might get an extra week's rest, but I was, I was, I was not surprised to see him in that in that squad. I was quite excited. Like I'm a fan of him as a player, and I think that the way that he spoke about, you know, my time for England isn't done. I'd be inclined to believe him. Yeah, no, I one hundred percent. I think Steve Borthwick, when he took the job, is very quick to turn around and say, "Well, we're expecting George Ford back at such and such a date," and he's been in talks with Sale as to when when can we have him. So. You know, Steve Borthwick loves George Ford. I think that's quite evident, and he's a good player. Um, so yeah, we'll see. I think we're we're very blessed that we've got three very good tens in England. Um, I'd love to have three tens that weren't a thousand years old and liable to break at any given moment. That'd be brilliant. Yeah. 
I'll, I'll tell you what I thought Johnny Sexton was going to be running around on a Zimmer frame this Six Nations, to be to be honest. <laughs> I, yeah, it's no wonder he gets injured. He's got to be like 90% dust by now. He's like, just like, <laughs> like tap. Um I, I will say, obviously, that George Ford has been released back. I've just found out, like, right now. No! <laughs> 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 Um, right, so he'll play. He might not play this week then. Um, he, won't play, he definitely won't play this week. Uh, <laughs> but that, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him before the end of the tournament. I think that you know, uh, by then England have France and Ireland left after this game, so it's not I exactly mean, the easiest run in for them. But no, it would have been a good game to bring him back. What with having no opposition to play, so he could have <laughs> run some training moves. Well, Munster did a preseason game one year where. I think they were playing, they were meant to play Bath and Bath couldn't come over because of, I think, I don't know, their flight got cancelled or something. So they played so, Munster, yeah. they played Munster Red against Munster Grey and they just split the squad in half and half the squad wore the home jersey and half the squad wore the away jersey and they played a 60 minute game against themselves. So maybe England could do that. Well, we we had our probables against possibles a couple of times in the past as well before World Cups and they all proved to be absolutely fucking pointless and useless. The Monster Red versus Monster Grey game was great. It was definitely, no offence, Tom, it was definitely better than if they would have played Bath. Yeah, that, there's no point watching Bath because you know what's going to happen. They're going to concede four tries and lose. So, <laughs> yeah. I know, it's, my season ticket's quite worthless at this point because everyone knows what's going to happen. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Uh, and then the final bit of news on, on Wales, England. Uh, Curry's out and Curry's in. Yeah, like they, it's Tom, they swapped Tom Curry for Ben Curry. How how do they know that they did that? I can't tell which one's which. I've been watching, you know, I still get one of them's got two caps for England, the other's got twenty odd. Nice, I can I can't tell you who's who. So, let's assume the game does go ahead. <laughs> do we want to do we want to do our predictions for this week? Patricia, this is your chance to redeem yourself. Well, can I predict that the game doesn't go? No, I I think that um I think England will win this game. Yeah, I'm glad you see it. Uh, Tom, um, head says a Wales backlash, but I'm gonna go with England. Meg, um, I'm saying if Caden Murley starts on the wing, then England are winning. <clears throat> if not, Wales are gonna take the win. I'm gonna need the lady to pick one. Pick one. <sighs> I'm going Wales then. Oh yes, that's what we like. <laughs> it would be. Um... I like a bit of madness. There's got to be a bit of madness in there somewhere. Um, yeah. moving on to Ireland, Italy. Um, I mean, it's gonna it's it's gonna be a it's gonna be a walkover, isn't it, Patricia? Mm. Not even not even you can think that Ireland are not going to win this one, surely. I don't think it will be a walkover per se. I think it'll be similar to the England-Italy game where it was a little bit closer at points than it maybe looked like it was. But ultimately, like, you know, you can't shy away from the fact that Ireland should win this game quite comfortably. And I don't mean that as a slight towards Italy. Um, there's there's almost nothing, like, 
rugby's been so crazy in Wales that everyone else has just sort of got on with their business. Uh, Joey Carberry's back in the squad. That's something I said last week we might see before the end of the tournament. And there he is. I don't, uh, I don't know. I think that the decision to drop him in the first place was fucking stupid. And retrospectively now, the fact that he's been called back in three weeks later makes it look even more stupid. I thought at the time, and I, I still think it now, I think that there is no one in the known universe who thought that Jonathan Sexton was going to get to this point in the tournament unscathed. And when you had the space for Joey Carberry, who is, regardless of what you think about his form or anything else, is the next most experienced option. If you had the space for him in the squad, even if you weren't going to play him in the first two games, what is the point in dropping him to just sort of screw up his confidence and then call him back up two weeks later anyway? And he may well start this game. It looks like he might be on the bench for this game. Regardless, I just think I I think it was a, a stupid decision in the first place. But look, he's there now anyway. Sexton has declared himself fit, but he quite often does, and it's usually a lie. Um, <laughs> because Sexton is captain, head coach, and head doctor of this Ireland team. So I don't know. I I doubt we'll see much rotation from Ireland. Um They won't I risk Sexton though, surely. The thing is, if Sexton declares himself fit, Sexton will start at ten. That's just how it works. They sh- there's no reason for him to play this game. He shouldn't be playing it. Mm. He's an elderly gentleman. Give him the week <laughs> off. Let him have a little, let him have a little rest and wear a pair of slippers for fuck's sake. But send him back to the old people's home. Exactly. If he's fit, he will start. Um, I don't think that we'll see much more in the way of rotation at all. To be honest, I think it will be much of the same for Ireland. They've never been a big team for rotation, even when you have the sort of classic autumn game where you would expect loads of debuts in rotation. Ireland don't tend to do that even in those games. So yeah, I think we'll see much of the same. We might see like Jack Conan start, which okay. Um and <laughs> Casey might Casey might start over Murray or something like that. But I think it'll broadly be the same. And I think that I think it's gonna be pretty similar to the the England game from a couple of weeks ago. Um, Ely and Sheehan fit now as well. Mm-hmm. I think officially the, fit, the, not just Sexton. The fit. ghost, the ghost of Keen Healy, sure. <laughs> I like that. Even when things are going well, you've managed to be snarky about Ireland every week. <laughs> Dan Sheehan is a super player. Like that's he's he's a freak. He's one who, when he was declared out of the France game, that for me before that game was the sort of final nail in the coffin of any chance that I thought Ireland had of winning that game because he is he's special he's one of those players that there's really no team that has an answer for him um so him being back fit is is great news like I say I don't know if they would necessarily need him to win this game but him being fit obviously in terms of the rest of the tournament and the rest of the year is is great news Tyke Byrne is obviously out for 12 weeks now which is that's fucking brilliant. That, that screwed my that. fantasy team. <laughs> well, it screwed my actual team. So, <laughs> I, actually, I think you'll find it screwed two of your actual teams. Yeah, I don't consider Ireland my actual team. Munster, my actual team. Tigburn doesn't play for Portugal. It was fine. <laughs> um, me? Do you think maybe you could lure Sexton away from the starting? place with like I don't know like introducing him to bowls or something or 
just like, shake a packet of Werther's originals and he'll follow. Yeah, just <laughs> Werther's originals on a fishing rod and just like... <laughs> That's what Jack Crowley's been doing in training this week. <laughs> How many players of Ireland got with the initials JC? Loads. There's millions of them. What's going on? Well, jo- John Cooney is Scotland qualified as of, I think, tomorrow. So, mm-hmm. you know, Ireland might not have... They might be losing a JC before the end of the tournament. So Cooney Neely as they... They might do. Because <laughs> they're half-back options. <laughs> like like they're the wolf hounds or something. <laughs> um, Ireland A. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think I know where you're going to go with this, but your predictions, your winner. I, I'd love to just go against Ireland for the third week in a row. Um, no, I think Ireland are going to win this game, I think. I'm fairly, I'm fairly happy to say that. But then again, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be upset if they didn't. Like I'd love to see it. I I thought that when Wales played Italy, and it turns out I was very upset. <laughs> I, I was I was when when Wales lost to Italy, I was uh, I was unhappy. Uh, Tom, Meg, it's got to be Ireland, isn't it? Yeah, Ireland all day, mate. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I'm going Ireland as well. I can't remember if I picked my team last time, and I don't. So England are going to beat Wales, quite obviously. Even if it is twenty eight nil, because no one turns up for Wills. Um, and then the final game of the weekend is surely the highlight of the weekend, isn't it? It's gonna be a fucking cracker, isn't it? That's gonna be quality. My excitement levels are off the charts for this one. Yeah, I think that this it's like this game and and the Scotland Ireland game are obviously the the sort of making of this tournament now, um, and. Yeah, I think it's gonna be, and and when you say France versus Scotland, you just automatically think that's gonna be fucking class. Like regardless, you just think that they're the two games that are that they're the two teams that are gonna show up and play ball basically. Um, and you know, I think that they're probably the most evenly matched that these two teams have been in a long time, and we've seen Scotland beat France in games where they've had much less of a right to beat them than they would do this weekend. So it's a it's really nice to have games in this tournament where as well as you can look forward to the game from a point of view of just watching teams play, you can look forward to not knowing the result. Like there's no it's a really difficult one to call other than you just think it's going to be a great game. Yeah. I mean Ireland France set the standard in the first half last week. And the second half didn't quite live up to the stamp, but I don't think of any way that it could have, to be honest. But it was mental. It was it was insane. It was it was so great to watch. I was in the house on my own, and like um, Emma was saying, "Oh, we won't be long." I was like, "Oh, you do it. I'm I'm having a whale of a time here watching this. This is great, unbelievable stuff. That's one of the best games I can remember watching that first half, especially. If it's half as good as that, we're in for a treat." But Again, we talk about subplots, but Finn Russell coming up against that Scotland team, uh, that France team in a Scotland team that's performing, having uh, he's either going to be brilliant or he's going to get sent off again. I I love that as consistently class as Finn Russell can be, and he has been. There will always be the question mark, and I think that that is the absolute making of him as a player. I think that. 
you I wouldn't have it any other way I think I want to be questioning him before every game he ever plays for the rest of his career and I think that you can believe in him wholeheartedly 100% and still not be surprised when he you know trips someone off or you know throws seven intercepts in 11 minutes or like something weird like that it's it's as much a part of his game as the highlight reel stuff and the excellent goal kicking like it's it's a part of the sort of Finn Russell circle and I just oh I think he's magical I love him so much drops out of the match day 23 drops out of the match day 23 on a Friday night because he's juggling swords anything (laughs) he drank he drank three drinks on the plane to France and they left him they left him in the airport Townsend shredded, shredded his passport this episode is supported by FX's Clipped the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Yes. I'm the head of the um, newly anointed Southwest branch of the Finn Russell fan club. Uh, <laughs> of course. And there, there's so much of me that wants him to have an absolute stormer every time I now watch him because he's just this maverick. But you know he's going to have one of these where he's something to kicks in his brain and he's going to go, yeah, I'm going to fuck this up for me now. And he's going <laughs> to trip someone over or get pissed at during the warm-up or or, or or something like that, but he's going to have a massive say on the, this game coming up at the weekend. Um, he's playing against some of his mates at the end of the day, but yeah, he's he's just brilliant. And he, to be fair, if he's worth whether he's worth a million quid a year, I doubt it. But we'll we'll find out. Well, look, he, a world class player who's also a liability and just as likely to win a game as he is to get in a fight. You should be used to that, because you had Gavin Ensign for two seasons. Do you know what? I love Gav. I, I love Gav. You can't not. What a bloke. <laughs> I'm just thinking what about imagine bloke. if Gavin Henson was playing for a nail bath, because imagine Johan van Grant trying to coach Gavin Henson. He the funniest thing I've that. ever thought of in my life. He would, yeah. I, I love Gavin Henson, but I also love Carl Ferns. So yeah, it put me in a difficult position. The video. I don't. I don't think Gav loves Carl Ferns. To be fair, no, but no. that's another story. Um, so perhaps the most difficult one so far. Who's going to win France Scotland, Patricia? Oh no! I kind of forgot that I was going to have to make a decision at some point. Um. I do think that Scotland are, yeah, okay. Um, I was trying. No, I was trying to figure out what the end of that sentence was going to be before I said it, and then I just didn't. So, yeah, I think that Scotland will win. Why not? I think that they've sort of proven themselves to be as good as you know, as good as they could have been against you know, two of the poorer oppositions, I think, in the tournament at the moment in England and Wales. And um, I don't see any reason why they can't carry that on against a France team who, you know, if they show up the way that they did against Ireland, they're certainly there for the taking. 
Um, and even if they show up the way that they have done over the last sort of year, I think that Scotland, I don't think Scotland necessarily have anything to fear in this game. And I think that they certainly can do it. And I like to think that they will. So I'm going to go for Scotland. It's a big call. Uh, Tom? Um, I think it'll be a hell of a game. Finn Russell masterclass, Antoine Dupont masterclass, but France will just edge it, I think. But it'll be tight. Yeah. Meg? I would love to see Scotland win, but my gut says France. I think France are, um, yeah, I'm going France are going to take the win. Uh, of Scotland are the, the informed team. They're the team playing good rugby. They're the team playing well. They essentially, other than Ireland, the team to beat. And that's 100% why I'm going for France. Um, <laughs> I, I was going to say apologies to our Scottish friends, but fuck them, Cammy's been trolling me for three days, so they, they can fucking do one. <laughs> um, why would you want to apologise to Johnny McGinty? Well, this is true. Uh, I think we be... need to stop. I think we actually need to stop bullying Johnny, though, at some point. Because... I, think he, I think he loves the attention. <laughs> he knows... Look, me and Johnny, as well, you know, tried to set up a feud to try and raise money for charity, which absolutely nobody bought. <laughs> but it did mean that we got to abuse each other for a month. And it was <laughs> the best months of my life. So, uh, <laughs> and then we got to play a game of rugby and do it in person. So he, he does. He does support Glasgow Warriors at the end of the day. And he he does maintain that that fullbacks can be captain. So I mean, I just can't get on board with him. But yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm going for a France win. I, I think they're going to have to. I think Scotland done really well. I think it's going to be close. And I really want Scotland to do it. And I don't know if I'm trying to do the reverse Paul Williams here and, and kind of will it into, into fruition. But um, yeah, I, I think France are going to edge it. I think they've, they've just got... Scotland have been great, but I think there's a few little holes. And I think France haven't been great. And Sean Edwards will have ripped him a new hole uh, <laughs> <laughs> stick on the hole <laughs> and so I think that uh, yeah I, I think this might be the week good it clicks for France and they might just they might just edge it but it could be that, that France is shit again who knows um, before we move on to our end of the show um, oh I've also Patricia I know that thing, I've wrote a, another Netflix pitch for you oh let's uh, go this is now a thing that we do apparently um, so I'm this week I'm pitching My Name Is Ken which is uh, realising that Wales was on the pitch are directly related to the WRU's attitude off it. Ken Owen sets out to right the wrongs of Welsh rugby and create some good karma in order to win some fucking games. So that's my that's my pitch to Netflix for this week. So my name is Ken, and obviously I'll I'll, I'll see if we can get the sheriff on board. Um, well, um, obviously uh, the Netflix cameras for the Six Nations documentary have not been allowed to film in Wales. Yeah. So when they want to cut to Wales camp, they can just have us... And all of the things that we have pitched to them instead. This is true. I will. We need a contact. It, it's got to happen. This must be someone we know working for Netflix. Um, we've got some questions from Twitter before we we finish off. The first one's from Harley, who uh, is pretty much part of the podcast at this point now, anyway. And he said, uh, "I asked for discussions and questions," and he said, "His discussion is Derry Lake's arms." And his question is, when will we get to see Derry Lake's arms again? Maybe um, never. What I particularly like that I don't think he's done on purpose is that he's um, he's capitalised arms, which makes it sound like a pub. 
I really want to put them Dewey Lake Arms. Um, That's a, a nice little post-rugby venture for him. He might not have a rugby career to come back to in Wales. So Listen, if I've got to wait 10 minutes, it's too long to wait. I want to see Dewey Lake's arms as soon as possible. <laughs> I, I'm going to start pestering him. I'm going to slide into his DMs. I, I'm eventually going to be blocked by Dewey Lake until he shows me his arms again because we miss him so much. Um, and then talking of being trolled by Kami... The Scottish Rugby Podcast have got in touch. Uh, the first question is, you okay, hun? And that's to the whole of Wales. Um, <laughs> and then... Are, in, on, and are, are you? Nope. Nope. <laughs> I, I think it's quite evident for all to see that nobody in Wales is okay at this moment. Uh, but I will say, Kami, uh, PM me, babe. Um, <laughs> and he's also asked, in our opinion, which of the Wales squad is... Uh, a, most likely to break a strike to pay for their son's ballet shoes, which is obviously based on Billy Elliot, uh, where the father's a striking minor. Uh, have you got an answer? I've got an answer for that. I've... I was trying to think of, like, sort of Wales players who are who show up occasionally for regions as opposed to regional players who get the opportunity to play for, for Wales because they're obviously more likely to, you know, end up on the WRU side and break the, break the line. Like George North was the was the name that came to my mind, but I feel bad about that. Um, but like he has to, you know, he might have to start paying the eight quid a month for Twitter to tweet his first of the month tweets. I was going to say, so gonna... that money has to come from somewhere. Um, how, how much do those rabbits North... cost? Exactly. Uh, I I went for for Talupe, obviously because he really tough... well only because yeah, Toby think... was in my head. Yeah, he's a he's a real like he's a tough guy, but he seems too kind and loving to to do that to his son. And I think he would he would cave on that. But also in my head, his son is Jack Morgan, and I can see Jack <laughs> Morgan running down Oystermouth Road to to a town called Malice with his shoes around his neck. So <laughs> it may not be factual. Um, the most likely to pawn their boots and then in brackets Tom Tom trombone, uh, and vote in favor of redundancy, which is obviously the plot to brass off. So who's most likely to sell their boots? And just take the redundancy money. I mean, I don't know. I still don't think I know the Welsh players well enough to. <laughs> well, I, I know I wish would sell their boots, but we're not going to go there because I'm trying <laughs> to put guests at the moment, and I'm not pissing people <laughs> off. But um, I've gone for Alan Wynn because like his body is battered and broken enough, and he can reinvest that money into his run business. So if anything, I think it'll work out well for Alan Wynn if he if he does it. And then finally, were you going to say Reese Webb? <laughs> I'm. I'm not. I'm not. I well, actually. I wasn't. But I'm not going to say who I was. Gonna say. <laughs> but the final one he's asked is who's most likely to do the full Monty, and my answer to that is Reese Webb. Reese Webb. Yeah. His teeth, tan yeah. tits. He loves the opportunity to strip down to his speedos at any given time. Um, and also Dylan Lewis because props love getting naked. And Dylan in shy. So that's my that's my two of the five from the full Monty. So there you go, Cami. We've answered the question. Um. And then the final question, which I'm assuming is kind of rhetorical, uh, Charlie Richards has asked on Twitter, I'd love to know how good a CEO you think you'll get or will get when we're inheriting a pre-signed six-year strategy and how stupid the WRU for, for putting the job advert on a scale of one to James Askell running into a post. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it may be stupider than James Askell running into a post. Uh, who, was the, um, who was the player a few years ago who missed the game and then claimed that he'd been mugged, and then was on CCTV pissed on a on a street corner in Japan. It's that I level. Don't remember I don't remember that. It's got to be an Australian player. That sounds like something. They <laughs> it's that level of stupid. It, it's that 
whatever. Who do band. we think? Who do we think would be a better CEO for the WRU? Than than, than Steve Phillips, anyone. <laughs> um, literally anyone. Like, I think I, we could do it. I oh, I think we could definitely do better than Steve Phillips did. I wouldn't be a misogynist and a racist for a star. I wouldn't allow that. I'm not saying he was, but he kind of allowed that in his within the union. Um, like I don't know, a, a small child who's been drinking Lucasade sports, <laughs> like any anything. <laughs> um, Nigel Walker's is an interesting one because he kind of he's got he, Patricia Few. He passes the vibes check. He does. I think that Nigel Walker, the problem is that he's not a CEO. Like, that's not his job. Yeah. I think that he is, like, if you were just looking at, like, him as a person as opposed to him as a CEO, yeah, absolutely. But this isn't his job. Yeah. So he's sort of been thrust into it because they need, you know, not to go all sort of Mark Cargham, like, they need an honourable man to uh, <laughs> to guide them through this this part of the WRU, but um, yeah, like I just, it's just not his job. And I think that long-term it can't be his job because he's not the best qualified to do it as much as he seems like a good guy um, and by all accounts is, and he's done great things for the women's game and, and stuff like that. But they'll have to hand it off to someone. I don't know, like Hasbulla could probably do it. Like <laughs> <laughs> Donald Trump. <laughs> Someone. Oh, this is like this is going out to Twitter. So I'll put the question up, and we want to know who's your pick. Who will do a better job as CEO of WI? Who should get that job? Oh my God! I, I'm going to be thinking of this all night now. You have ruined my night. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like Nigel Walker, like a moral compass, being half decent at rugby and being able to do the hurdles doesn't make you a good CEO. I tell you um, who could run the fucking WRU, Claudia Winkleman. Oh, Claudia Winkleman could do anything. Yeah. Exactly. Do, do absolutely anything. And with our fringe and increasingly bigger jumpers, like I'm I'm fully on board. She'd walk in, she would have known that fucking Steve Phillips was a traitor straight away. <laughs> <laughs> she knows leaking that information. Oh, I want to see all the Wales team line up for the anthems, and instead of wearing anthem jackets, just those hoods. <laughs> I don't this is what maybe this is why we've postponed the team announcement maybe they're not going to announce a team they're just going to line up and then slowly take their hoods down and we'll see who's playing I think that's the way rugby should be done from now on they can't afford anthem jackets anyway <laughs> they were trying to buy an anthem jacket they're like 120 euro oh look you're in Ireland we don't deal in euros over here we, no, one, <laughs> no one knows what that means what's, what's that in real money I've no idea. Like a hundred and four pound fifty. <laughs> no, with no, with Macron is not. No, oh, don't get me started on Macron. <laughs> Even if you can afford one, you can't get one in your fucking size. No, don't no. <laughs> Don't get me started. Worst thing Bath ever did was sign up without those claims. Has anyone worked out how Macron sizes work? I don't get yeah. it. They don't seem you to go get six sizes bigger and then there. squeeze into it. <laughs> They it, just—it's like an elastic band. Like it just gets longer yeah. and longer. It doesn't get any. Well, it it does, yeah, you can go up. I'm now in seven XL and it doesn't go wider. Yeah, it's not. I'm now in seven XL and the only person who fixes is Peter Crouch. Like. <laughs> um. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I think that Jezebel covers the questions from Twitter, <laughs> unless some have come in now. And I'm not checking because Jesus Christ, like you guys, I've, you need to go home at some point. I'm so sorry. Um, so shall we move on for this week's winners and Welsh rugby? I mean, wankers. Um <laughs> As is no tradition, uh, we'll start with Wankers first. So, Patricia? Mm, I am not going to shout the WRU at this juncture, funnily enough. Um, I, for my Wanker this week, would like to talk about Leinster fans. <laughs> um, well, they're Wankers. I fucking hate them. No, that's not... That's ridiculous. Why don't you want us to have listeners, Patricia? <laughs> Wait, I don't want us to have listeners from the greater Dublin area. You're joking. <laughs> um, no, that's okay. So it's and it sounds this is gonna sound so stupid in the like Irish rugby's Twitter has been having its own little war this week while Welsh rugby has been literally falling apart at the seams. So it all seems quite um pithy in, in comparison. Uh the call up of Scott Penny to the Ireland squad this week to replace, I guess to replace Tygburn. Um essentially, because obviously Tygburn is injured, has got Leinster fans' backs up a bit, even though he's a Leinster player and they're the ones who have the representation in the squad. So I don't know why they're the ones getting annoyed. But anyway, um, I the thing I have the problem with is not the is not the call-up. It's nothing to do with Scott Penny. It's nothing to do with really the the sort of hierarchy of the the Ireland squad. But I don't like the way that... Leinster supporters and I'm not generalizing because it is Leinster supporters because it's about Leinster players will sort of try and undermine people from any other province who sort of have anything negative to say about Ireland's selection process and it's almost like you just can't you can't say to them that Ireland's selection process is clearly if you play for Leinster you are further ahead than anyone else because that is what it is and it's getting them wins. So at this point right now, grand, but it is a, it's a win now strategy. And if, and when it does come down, it comes down hard because you've developed no other players and that's fine. That's what they're doing. But the sort of way in which Leinster players have said, like, I feel like I'm being gaslit by Leinster fans on Twitter going like, but Scott Penny is this excellent player. He's one of the best players in Ireland. He's a generational young talent. Scott Penny has played 10 minutes of European rugby ever in his career in six seasons at Leinster. And he is in the Ireland squad now over the likes of Nick Timoney, John Hodnett, who has been playing exceptionally well this season, dominating against the likes of Toulouse and extra chiefs and teams like that. And it's just so fucking frustrating having them talk at you like that while sort of denying that the deck is so massively stacked in their favor when it is and that's rightly frustrating for the rest of the country and just because it's working and it's getting wins doesn't mean that everyone else just has to blindly pretend that it isn't bullshit so Leinster fans for me um and nothing to do with Scott Penny like Scott Penny might be a great player eventually but he isn't now um and the fact that he's there is literally just because he wears the right colored jersey on the weekend and he lives closer to Dublin than John Hodnett does and that's a really bullshit selection 
policy, in my opinion. That that's taking the players must play in Wales rule even further. Where we're going to call up the player who's closest to the stadium. But that's the that's, that's, but that's how it. That is how it works, though, because they've gone so in on this sort of cohesion wins games thing that the guy who's watching Josh van der Fleer play on the weekend from the fucking stadium in his number ones because Scott Penny's not getting picked in any of these games is somehow better qualified to be in the Ireland camp than the guy from the other province who's actually playing the rugby and playing really well. And like I say, while Ireland are winning, there is no comeback to that, but it doesn't make it less frustrating. And it's a sort of a, it's gotten to a point now where Leinster fans won't sort of even engage on it. Um, And like, they're the ones getting their backs up, but they're the ones with the representation. So I don't know what right they have to be getting annoyed about it. Like all your players are in the Ireland squad. Good for you. We still don't know who Michael Milne is, but he's in Ireland squad. Like, excellent. <laughs> I've told about this. Mickey Milne, leave him alone, right? Mickey Milne, <laughs> as I will now forever call him, does sound like, you know, you get those like traveller fight videos that pop up on YouTube and they're like calling people out to fight by like a canal mm. path somewhere. He sounds like he'd be doing one of them. Like that sounds like Mickey Milne is calling out like Tommy O'Flaherty to have a scrap done some so I <laughs> just a little say for me. Like uh, while John while John Hodnett is playing rugby games, Scott Penny is playing fucking Tetris on his phone in the in the crowd in the RDS. But he's the one who gets in the squad. And it's well, it's not it's not the it's not the squad and it's not Scott Penny. It's the reaction to it and the way that Leinster fans sort of try and discredit anyone from any other province being annoyed about it. Like it the, the sort of the level of unhinged shit that's been in, in guys' replies, that, like the guys from the Provincial State of Mind podcast, Jeff and Tom and Owen, who have just only made good points and valid points. Like Gavin Coombs isn't going to see a game for Ireland probably this weekend because he's apparently not good enough. What more is he supposed to do other than wear blue instead of red? But it is madness that Gavin Coombs is getting more of a chance, but there we go. Um, I, I look at it, you're looking at it the wrong way. It gives you another opportunity to use the picture again. Like, <laughs> I am not being called it. Anyway, we'll move on. Uh, Tom and Meg, you're, you're picking yours together. So you're wankers for this week. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's quite obvious. Um, we've gone into detail about it, but it's got to be the WRU. Yeah, I, uh, it's evergreen. I said that last week, but I don't think a week has passed since about, I don't know, February last year, maybe, where you couldn't have picked them at some point. So... <laughs> Like it, it is the year of the WRU being wankers. Um, I'm I'm gonna pick for my wankers. Um, I want to say Tories, but I don't want to make it that that easy <laughs> to, to pick them out. But um, whoever signed off the HS two works, which pissed me off to start with on so many levels. Because one, it's needless. Two, it discounts so many people. Three, it's really fucked wheels up fund wise. Because apparently that benefits us, so they've taken some money off our government. But this week, they managed to create a, a mini geyser on um, a rugby pitch in West London by accidentally drilling through a fucking borehole that they didn't find on the plans when they started doing HS2. So, um, yeah, I mean, I play at a low level. Sometimes if you're sliding, I would say sliding for a try. I kind of what that's fucking like. But when you're sliding around on a rugby pitch... You're always you're always a bit worried about what you're gonna slide into. Um a five meter sixteen foot uh foam pool, as it was described, not not top of my list. 
So um, they're my wankers for this week, just so I didn't pick WRU for the third week in a row. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <people laughs> um, and then, to finish on a high, our winners for this week. Patricia, who's your winner? Look, it's Gavin Coombs, isn't it? Um, <laughs> and nothing if not predictable, but like being, he's being sort of buffeted around by Ireland quite a bit, and um, every time he just comes out and somehow plays better, and you know, three tries against against the Ospreys, and look, everyone scored against the Ospreys. It's not, you know, <laughs> but he he was exceptional, and I just gotta love him. Uh, so but yeah, it's Gavin, like it's Gavin Coombs. I could go on. There's not, there's almost not a lot to say, but there's everything to say. Um, it's ridiculous that he's not getting his goal with Ireland because I think he'd be starting for probably any other team in the Six Nations this weekend except Wales because they're not going to play. So, um, but yeah, it's you know what, as long as he's he's still able to keep coming and doing that for Munster every week. The Ireland have to either come or they won't, but he's a monster player first and foremost, and I I love the fact that he's there. Um, Tom, um, as much as I want to say Bath, it isn't because they're they were pathetic <laughs> on Saturday. Um, so but it is uh, the Bath Rugby Foundation. Um, it was Foundation Day at the Rec on on Saturday, um, and they raised uh, just over twelve grand for children less fortunate and vulnerable children in sort of the Bath in North East Somerset area and that's their highest ever tally on a single fundraiser so yeah that, they're my um, winners this week yeah great choice it's a brilliant one I'm loving that that's um, obviously amazing but my counterpoint is that Gavin Coombe scored one of his tries facing the wrong way um, <laughs> so um my winners for this week to save me going full rabid lefty and going strike action because I, I part of me is loving the fact that strike action is happening. And I did put a tweet out last night, like 100%, like be unionized, fight for for what you need to fight for. Like in this country, we're far too fucking placid and let people walk over us. So I am loving this. Oh, on that like... note, Simi Pam absolutely bodying dickheads on Twitter who yeah. were having a go at her about the, the junior doctor strikes. Big winner energy from Simi Pam. Simi Pam, who again could be a winner every week in my Yeah, uh, full stop, Simi Pam. Yeah. But the way in which she just took your man apart <laughs> consistently over, you know, four or five replies was just wonderful stuff to see on the timeline this morning. I I, I love her. I love Simi Pam. Absolutely mm. amazing. And you're exactly right. Like superb work. Um, but my winner, and I'd want to come all all Alan Partridge on you, Patricia, but can I shock you? Because my winner for this week is Javan Sebastian. Because good on you, lad. Like he's <laughs> comes through there, he's proved a lot of people wrong. I think because as well, when he first comes through at the Scarlet, he didn't pass that IE test. Like he doesn't, he doesn't look like he's going to be a dynamic, brilliant. But like his handling skills are, are, are pretty good, to be fair to him for for a tight dead. And so to to do what he's done to come through at the Scarlets, to earn his international cap, to make the the move up to Edinburgh, and to seem to do it in like virtually no time at all. And when Welsh rugby is falling to shit, yeah. he's mad. Like this isn't like when Steve Shingler tried to, to jump ship because he wasn't good enough to play for Wales and Scotland was shit. Like it's the other way round. Now like Wales are shit and Scotland are pretty good. So fair play to Java and to 
to make that that job and say actually yeah I want to want to be there and you've gone very if if you love something set it free I, I have I've, I've I'm Ben Ely in it I'm <laughs> accepting that it, it's time for him to move on um it, it, it's run its course and um I love you forever Javan but enjoy Scotland mate so ben, uh, speaking of Ben Healy, he was doing more um unnecessary kick passes at the weekend, and I just love that you know Finn Russell's rubbing off on him in some way. Like he's <laughs> he's he's been finified, and and I for one, I'm looking forward to seeing it for the rest of this season. Is Finn secretly texting Owen Farrell though on the slide? Because Owen seems to have gone more Finn lately as well. Like we started with a uh, out the back pass. For Saracens, and now he he's doing these cross field kicks at every given opportunity as the well. The difference was that his weren't working. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love Owen Farrell a lot, as we know, but I he tried like seven of them in that Italy game, and I think one of them worked. They don't work. <laughs> um. All right. Yeah, that's pissed on my point. <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> that's all that's left it to see my thank you so thank you as always Patricia thanks thanks for having me uh, thanks to Tom and to Meg and to Rugby Talks and everything that you do thank you yeah, thank, thanks for having us no problem at all you're welcome back anytime and finally thanks to you for listening cheers all bye now you've been listening to Rock and Roll if you've stuck with us this far leave us a review Follow us, not just you, but on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And drop us a message. You're a pretty friendly bunch. It'll be great to hear from you no matter what you want to say. And we'll see you next time. Thanks very much for listening. Bye for now. Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply.